your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only... Oh, 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 Ryan, oh, calm down. Oh, Sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, it's just uh, another show. You don't have I to get know. that excited. I'm really excited. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, July 25th, 2020 at dnrstudios.com, which is the only place you can hear this wrong. <laughs> if you listen anywhere else, please leave me your ratings and reviews. That's how the show gets popular. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Most importantly, get your official get your official ass merch. T-shirts, tank tops, even a pillow suitable for humping. The link to all that merch is at adamsank.com. Hey, this is your last chance to nominate us for the podcast awards because it expires. Nominations end July 31st at 9 p.m. So if it's before that and you're uh, listening, go to podcastawards.com and nominate the ass in the Feast of Fools LGBTQ and Adam Curry's People's Choice Award categories. Our guest today is an ass favorite, hilarious comedian, Joanne Filan. We'll be catching up with her and find out how she's weathering the coronavirus apocalypse. But first, the pig, Ryan Frostig. Il est le cochon. Oui. And the queen of fuckery, JB. Hello and welcome, Mr. JB. Hi. How are you? I'm hey, good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, wow. We just had an exciting uh, first hour, which you guys heard last week. Yes. We had we technical did. difficulties, but we I pulled through it. It's you know what, JB? I feel like we all came together. We made it work. Ryan completely tuned out and read his phone the whole time. I did time. nothing. And uh, that was how I helped. But um, sometimes it's best to just, you know what, stay out of the way. Let everyone, you know, it's all right. I I was supporting. You were very helpful. Um, I want to start today with a question. uh, And I think I know the answer for Ryan. I don't know it for JB. Are either of you into any kind of kink? Why, yes, I am. Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah, elaborate. Well, Actually, I was thinking about this. So I, I, I have a, a couple kinks, but the the most um, there's there's a newer one, uh, and that is that I am now um, involved in some role play, where mm-hmm. I am the daddy. What? And it Shocker. is so fun. I have to say. What kind of daddy could you be? You'd have like an infant. I mean, okay. So so my my son, my boy is 23 which is the youngest guy i've been with in probably i don't know half a half a decade at least hmm. and we should point out that uh, ryan is not cheating on his boyfriend oh, yes, they have no, an open relationship we have an open relationship um and he doesn't uh listen to this podcast so thank god it's great oh, <laughs> love this how support. does he support you i know um so, but yeah, he's like this like sub bottom twink and you know, I, I don't know. It just like, it's, it's fun. And I, I, I love the idea of, I'm not in my relationship. 
I am not the dominant. No, uh, I, I am. I am the bottom. bottom. I, am, I am the the um, the the feminine energy of our uh, of our relationship. I guess. Well, not all bottoms are feminine. No, but like I'm. I'm the. I'm the sub. Yeah, I'm the sub. But um, in this uh, in this other arrangement, I am um, the dom. It's pretty fun. But I'm also into like you know some light fisting. Oh Some my. feet, pits. Definitely, you're into briefs. Pits. I like briefs. What, what about leather? Um, I, I cannot afford to be a leather queen myself because right. it's just so expensive to have mm-hmm. all of that gear. But I, I'm into it. I, it's not something that I seek out, but I li- like, I like seeing like a leather daddy at the Eagle. Like, that, yeah, that, that's hot. Mm-hmm. That's hot for sure. JB, any kinks? Okay, so while Ryan was going on his list of kinks, I realized I don't really have any kinks. I guess because I haven't really tried, like, really tr- tried it. I know what looks appealing to me. Like, I agree with Ryan. The and the nice, the hot leather diets. I can get upon that. That's nice. Um, I don't. I don't like feet. Um, I do enjoy pits. I guess I like. A, I like a nice man smell. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "Nice man smell." Ryan, shut up. <laughs> just don't don't smell like onions. Oh, uh, you just missed my rim shot. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, rim shot. I. Oh, okay. So, Shimoya said something about the pubic hair, and I'm kind of into the pubic hair too. If you have oh, a nice pubic hair, not me. Nice. Yes, Ooh, I like no pubic that. hair. Um. Well, I myself, uh, I don't consider myself a kinky person. I, I've often described myself as a vanilla whore. I like. I like having sex a lot, and I like having a lot of sex. But I don't need to go beyond like sucking and fucking most you of the time. You get into role play. I do get into role play. I, I because I'm a storyteller, and I and I I get turned on by like things that are verbal. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I get turned you on like by words. Yes. So uh, I dirty talk if the person's into it, and I like it when they're good at it. And any kind of role play fantasy is great for me. But. I, you know, again, I'm with you with the leather. First of all, I'm vegan, so I, I don't support mm. leather. I do think a man in like a leather harness or chaps is sexy. You know, if he can pull it off. Yeah. I don't own any of that stuff. Um, I do watch leather porn sometimes, and that is really hot. But I'm definitely not kinky. The reason why I'm bringing this up, you guys, is because the New York Post had an interesting story uh, the other day. The headline was "Sex Slave Priest Found Dead." Oh, oh my God. Sex slave priest is not a phrase you hear too often. This, My new band. This, <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of Judas Priest? Now get ready for sex slave priest. That's a great band name, actually. Uh, a former priest, a disgraced priest, they call him, Peter McKelly, uh, who had been accused of embezzling a million dollars from a Bronx parish to pay for kinky S&M sessions with his master, was found dead at his New Jersey home. Brick Township police said that the 57-year-old died at his home but declined to provide further detail. This happened a week before we're recording this, and there's still no word on the cause of death. Um, Some law and order shit. He had been, uh, he resigned as pastor. Thank you. He resigned as pastor of the St. Francis de Chantel Parish, which is the gayest sounding church I've ever heard. In Throg's Neck, here on Long Island, in 2015, amid allegations that he swiped the cash to fund his $1,000 a pop S&M sessions with his beefcake master, whose name is Keith Christ, which is almost like Christ. 
C R I S T. He blew $60,000 on stolen funds. Um, he was also alleged to uh, use cash to buy cash from the church to buy his $264,000 home in brick and to pay his master's East Harlem apartment rent. I saw a picture of the master. He's super hot. Um, when reached by phone, his brother said, I don't know what happened to my brother. They won't even tell me where they found him, how they found him. Uh, the two brothers hadn't spoken in years, but uh, Joseph, that's the name of the brother, always texted Peter on his birthday. And he said, quote, no matter what he did, he was still my brother and I still love him. So it's a sad story. Um, $1,000 a session. Oh my I, God. I did a little more research on this, and uh, apparently, I don't know where I read this, but Keith Chris, the master, someone who knew him says that he had um, scrapes on his knees from fucking, from fucking McKelly in a bathtub. Of all the places to get fucked, mm. I can't think of anything less comfortable than... I don't like shower sex in general. Yeah. Wa it's no good. Water, water in sex is not uh, my favorite. I don't like it in a pool. I don't even like watching it in a pool. Like yeah, when, when there's a pool. I also don't like watching a pool. The splash noise is annoying. I feel like you should be swimming in a pool. Right? Or water I just, bending. I just not, don't understand how that could feel. Certain God. things are not sexy to me. I don't know. But anyway, when I, when I posted this story on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page, a listener told me that he had some private tea about this former priest. So I said, well, please send it to the Adam Sank Show page. And here's what the listener sent me. <clears throat> this is a quote. From 1991 to 1994, I lived on 14th and 8th. My roommate was this guy, Joey, who was an exec for a men's underwear company. He came home one night after a date in New Jersey, not happy about his hookup with a priest who was into leather. Why it stood out was for three reasons. First, he was a closeted priest. Second, he was so, so, so into leather that he used to make his own leather S&M goods, including hats, vests, and pants. But what was interesting was he even made a dildo out of leather, oh, which I thought was strange because I asked him, how do you keep the juices from getting onto the seams? To, oh my God. to which he replied that he'd put a condom on it. Well, if you put a condom on it, what difference does it make whether it's leather or latex? Anyway, my ex-roommate didn't enjoy the date, the dildos, or the fact that they were both bottoms. He said they spent the entire night bumping purses. Well. Ass open to the wind. Stick it in. Here I am. So that's your ass-exclusive information. You didn't read that in the New York Post article. Uh -uh. There was nothing about the leather dildo. Thank you to the listener. And uh, if any of you listeners have exclusive information you'd like to send us, uh, you can do it on the Facebook page or uh, at adam at adamsank.com. Thank you. Meanwhile, a woman has died after drinking an entire bottle of poppers. Oh, my God. This is my biggest fear. This is one of these don't try try this at home kids. Like you know like sometimes when you're you're doing it and you're having fun and you're doing poppers and then like it kind of spills a little yes. bit. Yes. Like it is I don't so like when scary. it spills into my nose. Oh, it's awful. This story says they may resemble little airplane bottles of booze, but one woman's unfortunate death is a reminder to all that poppers are not meant for drinking. The Scottish woman drank a bottle of XL Gold, apparently mistaking it for alcohol. Poppers contain the inhalant isopropyl nitrate and are technically illegal in the UK. As such, they are marketed as room odorizers or video head cleaners. Same as here. But sadly, the woman who died back on May 6th uh, 
was unaware of the bottle's actual contents. I mean, what the hell were the poppers even doing in her house? It's not something that a... My sister saw the story. She goes, what are poppers and what are they for? Oh, my God. Most women don't know. That means her husband was cheating on her. Maybe. Because well, how... I mean, how some straight people do use them for sex. Wait, come on. You don't know what it is. Some straight don't... people use them... Not even for sex, just for like dancing. Well, so do gays. So do some gays. Yeah, that's true. In the '70s, that was a thing. Mm. But then you know not to drink it if you're using it other than what it's for. He knew. Well, so here's what. Here's some more information. A man, the report claims that a man purchased two bottles and later gave one to the woman. The bottle was marketed not for human consumption, but she apparently drank the entire thing. The shop that sold them is now on a target of an investigation. It's not their fault. Wow. Uh, the lawyer for the shop says there are a number of household products from bleach to shampoo that are sold legally but should not be drank. Oh, some people. So once again, and actually we talked about this not long ago about poppers, how, um, it, you know, poppers are not terribly dangerous as far as the spectrum of recreational drugs go, but you should never drink them. Please do not drink Poppers. And don't pour them into your nose either, although sometimes that does happen sometimes. depending on what position you're in when you're snorting them. Ryan, if you want to snort them, take a break from sex. Like say, hey, take a break. One, one second. Well, I mean, and then do your thing. The whole point is to do them while you're having sex, right? Yeah, but then you don't want the access spilling it on your nose, or on your bed, or someplace wrong. Do you like poppers? No, I never use them. See, I'm a van I'm a vanilla girl. There's vanilla no, whore. Yeah, I've never. I, I'll try anything once, but I've never been interested. I, I mean, or needed them. I wish I could say I don't like them, but I actually love I them. I love them, but it really is not. It's it's one of those things where it's like, it's not the same as doing meth and having. It's not like party and play. No, but it is the kind of thing where if you do it every time, and you and you grow it like to have a dependency on them, it like. I, 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 well, it's, it starts to be hard to have sex without them. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. That's the problem with all drugs and yeah. sex. Um, meanwhile, Ryan, this story, I'm very curious to get your take on it. Two more men have come forward to accuse Mimi I'm First of sexual misconduct. Oh, my God. I have a really funny story. I wish I had the, the meme, but there was a meme that was a Pokemon meme, and it was about uh, evolution from one Pokemon to another one, and it was... Um, it was, I can't remember if it was Mimi I'm first into Sherry Pie or if Sherry Pie into Mimi I'm first. <laughs> now remind the listeners how Mimi I'm first fits into Drag Race history. So she was on um, season three of Drag Race and she is a, a New York queen who prior to being on Drag Race had worked. I mean, did you, did do you? Know, I knew her. Knew yeah, her we both had day? shows at therapy at the yeah. same time. Yeah, but she is, um, she is known for, um, Picking up India Farah uh, during the lip sync, during a lip sync, and uh, trying to carry her onto the stage, and um, and she was uh, she was sent home, and RuPaul said, "Drag is not a contact sport," which India then incorporated into her song on All Stars Five. But that's that's. And she came back for All Stars. One, two. She came back from All Stars one, and and <laughs> she's now famous for an insult that someone made against her, right, during a fight. Well, um, 
there is there is a couple. I mean, of course, there was the Shangela uh, Sugar Daddy yes. speech, which was delivered to Mimi. And then there's also this amazing scene from All Stars One where the entire cast is basically like dragging her and reading her. And um, Tammy Brown goes, change your costume, Mimi, change it around. And they're all just like, didn't one of them her. say you're here because they needed someone to go home first? Yeah. Alexis Mateo, I think <laughs> it's very funny. It's so. Yeah. Uh, Mimi's real name is Braden Chapman, and three years ago, uh, he faced allegations of repeated and unwanted sexual online banter. Now, two men have come forward with stories of real-life encounters with the performer that they say left them feeling violated. Uh, it all started when two up-and-coming Philly drag queens, Kyle Ayat and Ethan Hunter Razor, Racer, Accused I'm, I'm first of the unwanted sexual chatting. They claim there were, there were more victims, but they feared being blacklisted. Uh, in response, Chapman told Philadelphia, uh, I guess a newspaper in Philadelphia, that he deeply regretted his ongoing late night sexual. OK, so that was three years ago. Now, this week, uh, a guy named Jimmy Boone, who is apparently a member of Philly's LGBTQ community, he's taken to fa Facebook to accuse I'm first of sexual assault. Pretend he said shocked. After almost six years of thinking, should I say something, I've come, forward, come to the conclusion that I need to share one of the first experiences in the local drag scene. He went on to explain that he and his boyfriend, Joseph, had agreed to be unpaid extras in one of I'm First's music videos. He says Joey hadn't even performed in drag yet, and the gig was for us to be guys in our bathing suits around the pool. We got to the house in Cherry Hill. New Jersey, where the video is being filmed, and we wait for Mimi to be ready. Once Mimi's ready, she comes out of the sliding glass door, walks down the deck to where Joey and I are standing. She looks me up and down, then proceeds to fondle my genitals through my bathing suit and held on until she was able to feel every part she wanted to. While she did this, she very flirtatiously asked, And who are you? Oh my God. Uh, I'm first issued a flat-out denial telling Instinct Magazine, Jimmy Boone's allegations are 100% false. I've had numerous altercations with Jimmy since fall of 2018. He's demonstrated a con constant pattern of trying to undercut my business at any cost. The, this lie is just another desperate attempt as he seeks professional gain for his own company. But then another accuser came forward to back up Boone's account. He said, I first met Braden after one of my shows. At this point, I had never heard anything negative about Mimi and only knew her from TV. My boyfriend at the time was talking to Mimi and shortly after speaking, she leaned in and kissed him. I walked up as she was doing it and then she grabbed me, leaned in and kissed me too. It was kind of weird. In response, Mimi called uh, the accuser a troubled person with a history of maliciousness. Quote, I admit that I've acted inappropriately in the past. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing and hurtful to others. I owned my behavior and apologized. That being said, I refuse to apologize for the lies. This is a strange quote. I refuse to apologize for the lies from two angry cis white male competitors trying to weaponize petty drag drama. Isn't he a cis yes. white male himself? That yes. seems irrelevant to the argument. Yeah, it is. Anywho, oh, Mimi. she seems problematic. <clears throat> Meanwhile, we've done a story. We did a story, I think, about a year ago. You guys will remember about the guy that was luring straight men to his house, pretending to be a female yes. housewife, yes. Yes. blindfolding them, and mm -hmm. then being like, do you want me to suck your penis? <laughs> yes. 
Well, it's terrible, happened. Terrible voice. It's happened again in Australia with a different guy, and this guy had just served 18 months in prison for doing exactly this. As soon as he, as soon as he got out. He did it again, immediately, allegedly. Last Christmas, serial catfisher Peter Valsamakis tricked an unnamed 21-year-old man into coming over to his house by making him think he was meeting up with a woman. Valsamakis used the same playbook as before after exchanging several texts and photos on the speed dating app Scout. He invited the victim over, but insisted he blindfolded himself before entering the house. I still don't understand why any human agrees to this. I know. It's very strange. With his eyes covered, the victim was brought inside and sexually assaulted, according to prosecution. Halfway through the assault, the victim removed his blindfold from his face after sensing something wasn't right. When he saw Valsamakis, he exclaimed, Are you fucking... Are you fucking serious? Trying to do Australian. The victim jumped up and punched Valsamakis. See, JB, there's an example where it's okay to punch someone. Yeah. I, I totally... I totally stand high punch someone in the face. Uh... Uh, and Valsamakis, resp- <laughs> Valsamakis responded by picking up a nearby flower pot and threatening to bash it over his head. Who's got a nearby flower pot inside their house? This happened just 75 Who days. Has flower pots inside their house? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this happened after seven, just 75 days after Valsamakis had completed a prison sentence for a nearly identical crime. Now, oh, here's, a tw- here's the twist. And you guys know I love a twist. Love. This is, is a picture of the suspect. <gasps> oh, oh my God. Bitch, you're, you're gorgeous. Why are you doing this? I am holding up a picture of an incredibly beautiful, muscular man wearing a Speedo. This is a man who could have sex with any Anyone. man he wanted. Why do you have to pose as a woman? Now, I guess... Well, this, is, this goes back to the conversation about kink. I mean... The, not, That's not his to, thing. I'm not saying that this is right, but like this, this is his kink. Do you want me to suck your penis? <laughs> like I just don't get it. If I look like this, there would be no tricks. There would be no stunts. I would just be like, Mm-mm. "Here I am." That's open to the wind. It? Yeah. <laughs> look at me. Look what I look like. Stick it in. Literally just... Ass open the wind. Stick it in. Really? Here I am. There's Romaine in stereo. Anyway, so he's in trouble again. And the moral of the story is uh, don't trick people into having sex with you. That's uh, against the law. Like he just finished getting clean from the last stunt he did. Why would you go... You know he liked prison. He's obsessed, obviously. Um, meanwhile, I've completely lost control. I don't know where I am now. Okay. So here's... <laughs> Now, you guys know that there's this whole Trump nation out there that thinks that coronavirus is a hoax and masks are bullshit and it's against their civil rights to make them to wear a mask. And I mean, Which this is, is dumb because there's no... Yeah, now, as, now they're all pro-choice. As a yes. black person who knows about the law or civil rights and what's on it, which is very little, <laughs> that's yeah. definitely not on it. Right. And... People are literally losing their goddamn minds. And like we were talking about last week with that Giancarlo Albanese guy, it's not that they believe one conspiracy theory. They believe all of them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they live in this world of, of extreme right wing media that pumps all of these ridiculous things into the atmosphere like Pizzagate and yeah. QAnon and, and the Illuminati and all these experiences. Well, it all came to a head with someone they're calling an Arizona Karen. Uh, this woman was in a Target, and she came upon... Her name is Melissa Ryan Lively, by the way. No relation to Blake Lively. Uh, 
she came upon a, uh, a face mask display. Target was selling a variety of face masks. And um, she attacked the display. And this may be my favorite sound uh, that we've had on the ass in 2020. Take a listen. Finally, we meet the end of the road. I've been looking forward to this shit all my fucking life. So, uh, Target, I'm not playing any more fucking games. This shit's fucking over. This shit's all fucking over. This shit's fucking over. This shit's over, 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 yay, this shit's over, woo, yay, so this shit's, get that shit off my car, I don't want any of that shit, I don't want any of that shit, get that shit out of here, fuck, fuck, fuck this shit, fuck this shit, no, I'm not doing it, not doing it, I'm not doing it, no, I'm not doing it, we don't, we don't want any of this anymore, this is over, I think we just found our new uh, uh, podcast outro. The shit's over, the shit's over, the shit's over, the shit's over. Do you think this shit is over? I think this shit's over. I'm uh, over this shit. So she destroyed, if you couldn't tell, she destroyed the entire display. She did. She uh, made someone's job a lot harder today. She was asked to leave, and she did. And, um, you know, the Target called the police as one would and said you know this crazy bitch just destroyed our display and and they you know were somehow able to identify her so the police went to her house this is in arizona and they confronted her in her garage and here's what happened then they drained the swamp they did everything that donald trump was elected to do you can read about it on twitter you can read about it in the news all of the all of the deep state politicians all of that stuff has happened it's done okay. so i was hired to be the, the QAnon so spokesperson is coming here today I cannot. It's a secret. What do you mean? Like, I, I can't give you any classified information. You're not. Uh, uh, you're, well, not you're not. You're not. You're not Clarence. You're not Clarence. Okay. You don't. You're, you're a spokesperson. Yeah. Correct. For the for the for the White House. Yeah. Okay. But I called Donald Trump and asked him if you, if you don't believe me. Do you like, have his phone number? Do I have his phone number? I'm on the phone with him all the time. I'm fucking wired. Okay. This um, this woman is. Uh, she never got punched in the face before. <laughs> like, every time I see this, every time I see one of these white people J- do something like JB's that. JB's remedy for problematic white people is they all need to be punched because in the face. I like, okay, you know when you're a kid and you do dumb shit like this, people would fight you for it. And you was afraid of ever getting beat up or getting jumped. Like, that was a fear. Because like, other people put their hands on you. These people never had that fear. All right. Like that fear set me straight. I realized, hmm, I know what to say in public and what not. You're not going to go into a Target and destroy a mask. Yeah, especially like, who the fuck does that? And by the way, she was filming herself. Yeah. Right. She wanted people to see that. And she was filming the encounter with the cops. Now, listen, a lot of people have pointed out this woman is most likely mentally ill, you know, and we shouldn't be laughing at someone who's like having an episode of some kind. And I agree. But there seems to be a mass mental illness happening in this country it's the water don't drink it (laughs) well perhaps but there are millions and millions of people who believe everything she believes millions and it's like living in the fucking twilight zone we no longer have facts we no longer have journalism we no longer have information that we can agree on we live in one universe, they live in another. Their universe is batshit insane, but they believe it as much as we believe ours. Well, if Trump had worn a mask from the beginning, I mean, that's the, he is 
responsible for all of this. Ultimately, this is all rooted back to him. Yes, but not only him. It's him. It's Alex Jones. It's Fox News. It's, it's Rush the Limbaugh. In power it's power that these white people follow. I, I, crazy white people I, follow. Who I are understand not doing that. The right thing. Yeah. There, there's a, there have been an, there's been an information war happening for the last thirty years, even before Trump. There, Fox News exists because Roger Ailes wanted to create a counter narrative to the facts right. that were being reported on major news networks. He wanted to say like, okay, but what if? None of that was true. What if this was true instead? And everyone thought it was a crazy idea and it fucking worked. And now the crazier it is, the more insane, the more bizarre, the more unrealistic, the more people seem to believe it. Yeah. So I, what do we do? How do we go forward in a society like that where people believe nonsense? You start punching people in the face with facts. <laughs> you get your fat book and you just start punching them in the face uh, with Your no. fact book. Hi, can I read you my fact book? Uh, speaking of manic episodes, uh, a man in the UK was apparently, uh, he had COVID and uh, his illness apparently triggered a manic episode in which he was alleged to have inappropriately touched nurses and confessed to his wife that he'd had sex with men. Uh, wait, what? what that by in other words, time? coronavirus makes you gay. Uh, hey. Okay. It affects everyone differently, so... <laughs> the 41-year-old man had been in London's St. Thomas Hospital with COVID for 10 days when he became delirious, uninhibited, and highly aroused. Oh, God. He was placed on an antipsychotic medication. Doctors believe his COVID-19-related issues may have, been tri may have triggered a dormant case of bipolar disorder. Uh, one of several brain and nervous system problems that have emerged in recent studies from the virus. It's a really insidious virus. They're still finding new ways that it damages people. Uh, the man says, quote, I began to think that I was part of a TV show in which I was sent back from the future to save the national health system, and I was curious to see how it would end. During the psychotic episode, the man first awoke in the middle of the night feeling like his brain was racing and was struck by grandiose ideas. He tried to baptize fellow patients. He inappropriately touched members of the staff. He confessed to his wife that he'd mostly had sex with men before their marriage. He also confessed to numerous hitherto undisclosed homosexual encounters and other sexual behaviors described as uncharacteristic by his wife. He obsessively wrote down every personal interaction and bodily sensation. He said he found this entire experience liberating. You know what I find this story? This story is fuckery. <laughs> the past two stories have been fuckery. <laughs> I, am so, <laughs> I am so over this. I think this dude is just gay. He's a giant faggot. Bitch, come out the closet. <laughs> come out. We're here for you. We'll send you your gift package. But remember, we did a story about another British guy who went on, um, I think it was an antidepressant, and he claims that made him gay. Oh, yeah. And then there was the other guy. Um, was it Google or no, it was Apple? Apple. It was Apple made him oh, gay. Oh, the Russian who says the iPhone made him gay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one had no factual basis. But the the other British guy, like... His whole life, had, he'd only been into women, and then he took this medication, and he was like, yeah, I'm gay now, and I'm much happier than I was, so I don't want to stop taking the medication. I mean, I think everyone should take that medication. I think everyone is gay. Imagine if everyone just became gay. 
there'll be no more children, which make me very happy. Me too. I think it's yeah. enough. It's enough children. Yeah. We, and it's not because I don't like children, but the, the earth is like, we're we ending. We're in end times. Yeah, yeah. Like, stop having babies. Exactly. God. I, there needs to be another you. You're already enough. <laughs> you are enough. <laughs> um, okay. Meanwhile, Shade. We have a cocktails and cock talk story. We haven't done one of those in a while. Hit it, JB. And now, time for another stupid story from cocktails. Cocktails. Cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. Cocktails and Cock Talk has confirmed that Jake Gyllenhaal is definitely circumcised. Wait, how do they know that? <laughs> like, is there a picture out there? This is a little bit uh, convoluted, so stay with me. Okay. Amy Schumer has a new documentary on HBO called Expecting Amy. Uh, in it, Jake Gyllenhaal is revealed to be a childhood friend of Amy's husband, Chris Fisher, who's a chef. Uh so it's their wedding back in their wedding was back in 2018 and Gyllenhaal gets into just how close his friendship with the husband actually was. He says, quote, we're going to start this off with Chris being the only uncircumcised one amongst the four of us, which was a mystery to us as young boys because we only knew the penis to be one way. D-list uh, website wrote if and if only. <laughs> so this was part of the wedding toast that Jake Gyllenhaal did wow. at their wedding. Dila says, if only all wedding toes provided intimate details about dicks. Instead, I've been forced to listen about how happy and in love the newlyweds are. Braggy, boring, and basic. So in stating that his friend Chris Fisher was the only uncircumcised one in his friend group, Jake Gyllenhaal is confirming that he is, in fact, circumcised. Oh. You know what's funny? <laughs> Anything? When I look at Jake Gyllenhaal... I know exactly what his penis looks like. I think so too. And so to to hear that he is is cut, it it confirms everything that I've always thought. Mm -hmm. It's like, delicious and perfect. It's I bet. perfect. It's it's uh, it's thicker. It's probably about you know a nice hateful eight. I think it's like seven by five. I think it's like not that long, but kind of thick. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with right. He he looks like someone who has like a little weight on him. And he knows how to swing his dick. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, there's been gay rumors about him forever. And I, if he is gay and him, still hasn't come out, face? I'm going to be so <sighs> mad. Toby Maguire? Oh, really? Oh, oh no. The, the new one. The new, the there's new been one. so many fucking Spider-Men. Not, uh, and not Andrew Garfield. No. The, the, I thought they the were new gay hot one. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Well, there you have it. And I was happy to learn this. Um, and finally, before we talk to our guest, it is official. Tom Holland. Okay. Great. It is official. Velma of Scooby-Doo is a dyke. I knew it. Everyone okay. knew it. Knew it. Filmmaker James Gunn, who directed the 2001 live-action Scooby-Doo movie, which I happen to miss, um, as well as producer Tony Servone, who oversees the new animated Scooby-Doo series, have both confirmed that they have tried to out the character in their work. Uh... The director said, I've seen, I've said this before, but Velma uh, in Mystery Incorporated is not bi. She's gay. We've always yes. planned on Velma acting a little off, a little off and out of character. Oh, I see. While she was dating Shaggy because that relationship was wrong for her. Zoinks. 
and she had unspoken difficulty with why. There are hints about why in that episode with the mermaid, and if you follow the entire Marcy arc, I don't know what any of this means, it seems as clear as we could make it 10 years ago. I don't think Marcy and Velma had time to act on their feelings during the main timeline, but post-reset they are a couple. Um, Gunn says he he wanted to out Velma explicitly in the 2001 film in which she was portrayed by actress Linda Cardellini. JB, are you getting our guest on the phone? Oh, yeah. I, I was really into the Scooby-Doo thing. He, <laughs> I'm a Scooby-Doo head. He even included scenes that portrayed the character in such a way uh, that the studio blocked his attempts and forced him to cut those moments. I tried, Gunn said via Twitter. In 2001, Velma was explicitly gay in my initial script. The studio just kept watering it down and watering it down, and it became ambiguous. Then nothing. And then finally, in the sequel, they gave her a boyfriend. Here's something interesting. A total of 17 actresses have played the brainy, nearsighted Velma since making her debut in 1969. These have included Cardellini, Facts of Life star Mindy Cohn... Wow. He played Natalie on The Facts of Life and out queer actress Haley Kiyoko. Fans and commentators have long speculated about Velma's sexuality, though the remarks by Gunn and Servone are the first time that creative personnel involved with Sco- the Scooby Doo franchise have confirm- confirmed that Velma is a lesbian. Okay, so I'm gonna say this. I'm a big Scooby Doo fan, and during the 2001 movie, which I saw, you can see Velma is kind of weird towards men. And then I've watched the Mystery Incorporated series that came out later on, and then you see the relationship that they were talking about. Because like I always thought Velma was the awkward girl, because you know Daphne had Fred, mm-hmm. and Shaggy had Scooby, which was a weird thing anyway. And then Velma <laughs> was just like the outcast. Like I wanted she, Fred. She was the smart girl. I was really into Fred. Well, speaking of lesbians, we're welcoming back one of our favorite lesbians this week, a frequent guest, an occasional co-host, often paired with Irene Bremis. But today, she's going it alone. Please give a warm-ass welcome to comedian Joanne Filan. Oh, my, my applause. There we go. Where's the applause for Joanne? Hey. Nice. I like a delayed applause too. The studio, the studio audience was trying to remember who you were, and then when they uh, did, they were like, "Yay!" Together, they were like, "I remember." Oh, oh yeah. Okay. The lesbian. And I go on record to say that I based my life on Velma, actually. Well, this is what I want to ask you. Did you? Of course, you knew, right? You're not shocked to learn this. No, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm excited to learn this. <laughs> when you were a little lesbian growing up, uh, like when you were little, who were the characters or real life celebrities that you had crushes on? I'm talking about when you were like a baby dyke. Oof, when I was little. Well, um, you know, and, and this has been um, cleared up for me. Uh, I did enjoy Sabrina on Charlie's Angels. Oh, Kate Jackson. Because she was, yeah, I know. And now I don't. <laughs> because of my stories about what a horrible person Kate. Listen, you're allowed to be attracted to her. She was definitely a beautiful uh, woman. Yes, and she was the smart one. I felt like she was so she was a really good I felt like she was a good role model kind of. Um but uh and, and Velma of course too. She was also the smart one. It's always the smart one that's the lesbian. I just want everyone to know that. I mean obviously. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. One that everyone is a little bit um, confused by, but we'll listen to their direction because they're often right. 
But it's interesting to me that you said Kate Jackson from Charlie's Angels, because I think men's beauty ideals, whether they're gay men or straight men, I think men's beauty ideals of women are so different from women's and especially gay women's. Oh, God, yeah. Because when, when, when we were growing up, Farrah Fawcett was considered the most beautiful woman in the world. And I'm guessing that she didn't do it for you. No, she did not. Not at all. I mean, I would go... I would go partway in on Jacqueline Smith. Um, but I think maybe because I was more for brunette, I think, um, for the most part, I guess. But, uh, yeah, and she was, she was gorgeous. But, no, Tara Fawcett never really did it for me. No. I mean, I don't know. Just a lot of hair and a lot of face. Uh, you know, Sabrina was definitely, um, she was the whole package. You know, because she was attractive. She was, like, 40. She was smart. She was, you know, kind of led the team. So she was it. She was the she was the goal. So you've mentioned smart a lot. So there's something about intelligence that, that attracts you. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I definitely, yeah, I don't, I'm not in for airheads, I guess. Um, but that sounds horrible. <laughs> Airhead at times, so obviously I shouldn't really judge. What about like what about tomboys? Like if you see a tomboy on TV or, or in a movie, is that more attractive to you than like a stereotypically uh, femme glam glamour puss? You know, um, that's a glamour puss. I uh, I would really like a glamour puss actually, but um, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if the attraction to a tomboy is attractiveness in like I don't know looks or whatever or if it's like oh this that has to be a lesbian so that's why I'm attracted to that more of an identification know? yeah I think so because because when I was younger there was there was nobody there was no role models what I a, had no idea what about Christy McNichol yeah. oh yeah loved her absolutely yeah. big fan of her she was in um, I mean, I don't know when she came out. She didn't come out until, like, you know, a long, whatever. Uh, how long ago? It can't have been that long ago. No, I think she came out, like, in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I mean, it was it was kind of like a given. But she was a tomboy. She was she was attractive, too. Um, Joe on Facts of Life. Yes. Absolutely. Right there. Very big. Um role model and or attracted attractive person because of either or <laughs> just being attractive or being uh, lesbian-ish. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nancy McKeon. Joanne, how has the quarantine and shutdown been for you? I, I literally haven't spoken to you um, <laughs> since the last time you were on the show. <laughs> yes, I know. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I don't have legs anymore. I just... Uh, <laughs> I don't walk it. No, you just, sit on, you just stay in the same spot on the sofa, <laughs> like a cat. Yeah, it just does. Yep, basically, I stay with my cat, which is uh, sad too. But they're they're actually sick of it, really sick and tired of me being here all the time. So, but I mean, it's yeah, it's been hard, but I can't complain. You know, like because I'm married, so I I got somebody with me to let me know when I'm breathing too loud and stuff like that. <laughs> But uh, has the quarantine you know. made you guys okay? Has the quarantine made you a stronger <laughs> couple, 
uh, has it caused problems or is it basically the same as it always is? I think it's kind of the same as it's been. Uh, we have been, um, when we've been able to spend a lot more time together uh, just because of, like, you know, I'm not being able to do any comedy, so obviously I don't get to go out at night or whatever. So that's kind of nice. Um, I, I really, we haven't had any, you know, major problems. And I don't want to sound so shocked by that. <laughs> For some reason, I do sound shocked by that. <laughs> How long have you been together again? Uh, well, we've been married five years. We've been been together for like I don't know thirty seven <laughs> like that. No, not awful amount. Of, no, no. We've been together probably like uh, ten or I think ten. Ten or no? Oh God! I hope she's not listening. Um, <laughs> over ten. <laughs> over ten. So it's just so wonderful. I can't even count. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Every moment has been bliss. So, I mean, after 10 years yeah. of being with someone, I'd have to think you're not going to suddenly learn anything new about them just because you're under quarantine with them. Like, you, you pretty much knew what you had and vice versa. Yeah. I, for the most part, yes, I would. Yeah. No, there hasn't been any surprises. Um, others, no, no, no surprises. Because a lot other of couples have maybe, gotten... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say maybe uh, the shows that that she watches when I'm not around. Now I'm like, wow, you watch that? <laughs> but, hey, that's cool. <laughs> I know, you know, so many couples, uh, celebrity couples even, have split during this time because I think they just realized that they were married to an asshole. So con <laughs> congratulations on staying together. What, you mentioned um, not doing stand-up. What has been, what, what have you been doing as a creative outlet during this time? Well, I have been doing... Uh, you know, a lot of online shows or Zoom shows and stuff like that. Have, so have or have not? I have. Uh -huh. I have. Can't. I can't go without. I just. I started to get like, like uh, I don't know, withdrawals or something like that. So it's not. It doesn't completely fill the void, but it it gives me a little bit of of uh, satisfaction, I suppose. It's hard to write, though. I I. I which is crazy because I have nothing but time. So you think, oh, it'd be a great to be able to write, but no, there's too many other things. There's so much going on. It's it's impossible to write anything that's funny. It all just turns out sad. Well, that was going to be my next question. What's a joke that you that you have written during quarantine that you're proud of? <laughs> proud of? <laughs> uh, what's a joke that I'm proud of? Um, there's, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that it's, no, there's not really nothing. Much. I mean, other than that, uh, well, the one thing that that uh, I did figure out with uh, the two of us is that we are kind of like a pandemic power couple uh, <laughs> because of our our lives. He's a hoarder, so we absolutely never run out of anything. Right? No, not at all. Even during the the toilet paper shortage. Toilet paper? Are you kidding? We actually have a bidet. And I didn't even know that. Wow. So, I mean, that's something. Yeah. So you don't even surprise, need you don't even need toilet paper. That's living the fancy. No. Life. Yeah. It's, uh, it's now now I know we don't actually have a water fountain in the bathroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the good thing about a bidet is you can use it to clean your butt or to fill up the cat's water dish. That's <laughs> true. Sure. And the cats enjoy it too. And the cat, uh, yeah, you you haven't trained your cats to use the toilet like some some people have. 
No, I, that's a bit much. I am. Uh... I'm too lazy, maybe, and they're too lazy. I actually enough that I use it. I once visited someone. I, I have a friend in Nashville named Casey, and I visited her and her husband. And they, you know, you can do this when you live someplace out of New York and you've got multiple bathrooms. Here in New York, we could never do this because we each only have one bathroom. But um, they they had trained their cat to use the toilet, and the way you have to do it is there's a special seat that goes over the toilet seat that's got like kitty litter on the sides of it and then there's a hole in the middle so basically the cat thinks it's going in a litter box and it squats on the kitty litter and then it just pees right into the toilet or poops oh, oh very wow cool. that is that's intense that's uh, uh mind games i don't want to play mind games with my cat i mean if i could train my dog to do that it would be the greatest thing on earth I seen a dog yeah, toilet oh, yeah. before. You have? Yes, it was on Twitter, oh, and it was baby. really cute and adorable. But I was also thought this is kind of <laughs> weird, and I shouldn't be watching you go to the bathroom. Like <laughs> you felt like you were invading the dog's privacy. Yeah, now that you're using a toilet, you have privacy now. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Yeah. How did nobody you? How did you and your wife spend Pride this year? Did you do, did you mark the occasion in any special way? Well, um, uh, we. What did we do? Well, we tried to look up stuff online to, to see. Uh, we did um, travel in to the city, not buy anything. And I, you know what really bums me out is I didn't realize that march that 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 you um, were part of. What was that the called? The Queer again? Liberation March. Yes, I. So sad that I missed that. I didn't even know about that, and I definitely intend to check that out next year. Yeah, it was, sure. it was amazing. Uh, yeah, that it just sounded amazing. Um, but we we did go into the city, but we uh, stayed clear of anything. We we uh, got some coffee, and went by the water, and uh, you know, get cappuccinos and hung out and stuff. Because it seems like the thing to do to just be in the city, you know, for sure. And we we you know we went near Stonewall. We like drove by it, drove by the the, uh, the monuments and stuff like that. So <laughs> you basically saw Pride, but you didn't take part in Pride. Yeah, <laughs> you did a drive by. We did a drive by Pride. Because <laughs> you guys live in Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Are you? But we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know what we could do. So you know, throughout quarantine, I have never really felt alone because even at the height of the um, infections in New York City, I, I still walked my dog four times a day and went to the grocery store. And, and you can't walk down the street in New York without passing a lot of other people. What's right. what's it like? I mean, you're in a suburb. Like, are, you literally, did you go for months without seeing anyone but your wife and your cats? <laughs> no, I don't live in the woods. <laughs> don't you live in the middle of an open field? I do, I do. We live in a shack that we found that we were just, we were hiking along, just, you know, kind of like the Donner Party. And uh, I don't know why I used them as an example. That's a really horrible Les example. <laughs> Ryan is singing Les Shack by the B-52s. <laughs> there you go. That's what we did. We found a Les Shack. <laughs> and uh, the tin roof was rusted, so we moved in. Um, <laughs> no, there's people. We, we've seen lots of people. I mean, we're not actually that far from the city, so okay. we're in um, in a sub suburb, but it's uh, it's still a pretty 
I don't know if you want to call it a bustling town, but there's a good amount of people. Where are you? Yeah. What's the name of the town? I'm in uh, Nutley. I yeah. know, ironic that I would live in Nutley, but yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think of Nutley as like like the way I think of my hometown, Summit. Like it's pretty quiet. Yeah, I mean, we live by the park and and uh, which is nice. You know, it's uh, beautiful to be able to walk through that and stuff. But there's there's still lots of people and there's a little. I mean, it's not. It's probably a lot like your your hometown. Um, is there a lesbian cruising area in the park? <laughs> um. Yeah, the, uh, no. <laughs> There's some geese. Um, oh. That's kind of... really cruise geese, though. Kind of the same little, thing. Yeah, a little bit. We're, we're kind of... Joanna, kind of that. Uh, in the time remaining, we are going to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Now, my memory of this, it's either you or Irene who's terrible at this game. Is it I, Joe? It's probably me. I, I feel like it's Irene, but anyway, we'll find out in a moment. Um, okay. First question, which best describes your lady parts? Hardwood floor, landing strip, or full bush? <laughs> oh, yeah, this must be me then, this bad at the game. <laughs> I have no idea. I have uh, indoor-outdoor carpeting. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Something. That sounds like that... closest to full bush, but you're saying carpeting, uh, which makes it sound like it's kind of low to the ground. Yeah, it's like, uh, right. It's um, Maybe it's like uh, AstroTurf. Oh, interesting. Know. And it's green, too, I bet. Yeah, you can play golf on me. <laughs> Tee off. <laughs> when, <laughs> so horrible. What, gross. When was the last time you wore a skirt or a dress? I literally have no idea. Um, no, not a, not a clue. Uh, it was probably in my nightmare, probably, would be the last time like that could be. When you were a child, maybe for a class picture or something? Possibly. Um, maybe in high school. I, I'll go with high school. And I bet it was uh, long and plaid. Of course. <laughs> no, it was probably a hand-me-down from my sisters, because I don't think I would have ever picked out one of my own. Right. So it's probably not only horrible-looking, but also severely out of date. Can I tell you something? If I uh, could get away with it, I would wear skirts all the time, especially in the summer. I think it would feel so good to have, like, a long, flowy cotton skirt with nothing else on underneath. Mm. And just really? ha have my ass open probably... to the wind. Well, you could do. You could definitely pull that off. Well, you, do you ever wear like a? Uh, you have any kilts? You should get no, a kilt. and I see guys in skirts and in sarongs and stuff, and I, I admire them. I just can't. I, I don't think I can carry it off. Um, I have an F Mary kill for you, and this is a lesbian comedian edition. You have to. Fuck, Ooh, you have okay. to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. And your choices okay. are Judy Gold, Hannah Gadsby, and Wanda Sykes. Ooh. All right. Um, I'm gonna, oh, man. I'm gonna fuck Wanda Sykes. Mm. I'm gonna marry Anna Gatsby, and I'm gonna kill Judy Gold. I think that's and the correct I, answer. Okay, good, good. I hope that didn't sound anti-Semitic. 
No. In any way. I would have the same. Listen, I'm Jewish, and I think that would be my choice as well. Um, Judy, I love Judy, but she's a huge pain in the ass. I think she would be difficult yeah. to be married to. I think so, too. She's, she's, uh, she's rough. She's a little rough. What was your favorite comedy album or special when you were growing up? Ooh. Um, comedy album. I didn't have any comedy albums growing up, but when I got older, I did uh, start to enjoy Bob Newhart oh. uh, more. And he has a, I have one of his albums, the, the Button Down Mind. I totally can uh, see you being into that because that's very much your style of comedy. You're, you're kind of a straight man, so to speak. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do my best to be as, as straight man as I can. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's an inspiration, definitely. What, uh, is, what, so is, go with that. what is your favorite slang word or euphemism for the vagina? Ooh. Um, AstroTurf. No, that's not it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> my wife. No, that's oh, not it. No. <laughs> I have none. I mean, do you, s like, if you have to refer to your own, do you say, like, my pussy, my vag? Like, what's the word you use? Oh, I don't think I've ever referred to my own. Really? I, ever? Yes, I, I have to. No, I don't. Like, uh, I think, even talking to my wife, I don't think, I think, I guess if I had to say something, I'd say vag. Vag sounds pretty casual. That's so interesting. I probably talk about my dick, like, ten times a day. Like, that's just a normal day. Wow. And I always call it well, my dick. I talk about your dick, too. See, yeah. I say dick way more that's than so I say That's so interesting. And you don't like pussy as a word? Nah, I'm not a huge fan of pussy. Uh, that sounds that's such wrong a guy's to say. What about, what about the idea yeah. of, of saying you have a boner? Like, if you find something attractive, like, or like a lady boner. Oh, late. No, I've never used that. No. I, I, don't, I don't know why uh, that just A clitoral boner. Lady, a cloner. Lady boner. No. <laughs> a cloner. A cloner. Wait, what? A cloner. A cronut. I have a cronut. Now, that's a good euphemism for a vagina. Wow. Oh, my God. Doctor, I'm having a problem with my cronut. <laughs> Bring that up my wife my later. My nutly okay. cronut. I have a yeast <laughs> infection in my cronut. Uh, Joy, I've seen my cronut. Stra <laughs> Strap-ons, yay or nay? Um, uh, I'm going to say uh, on occasion, yay. Uh, depends on... I'm a, I'm a, uh, the studio yeah. audience likes that. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> since we're talking about that, let's hear Irene Bremis have an orgasm. And Joanne, finally, what would be the title of your autobiography? Um, um see my Krona? <laughs> Just vag. Comes vag, a love story by Joanne Filan. Yes. Joanne, you are delightful. You did very well and asked me no questions. Uh, I think it, it is Irene who's bad at it. Um, how can people follow you <laughs> on the interwebs and watch your comedy clips? Well, you can go to any of the social media outlets as uh, Joanne 
Filan or Joanne Dash Filan or at Joanne Filan and any of those Joanne Filan comedy. Uh, also, my website is upstreamcomedy.com slash and or joannefilan.com. I don't know where this last came from. Joanne, I love you. Thank you for doing the show. You are delightful as always. Uh, I hope you, uh-huh. uh, you and your AstroTurf have a lovely day <laughs> and stay cool. And, um, and come talk you. to us again soon. Absolutely, Adam. I'm going to go uh, have some cronuts. I bet you are. Mm-hmm. Bye, Joanne. Ryan and JB, please plug yourselves. At Ryan Frosting on Twitter and Instagram. At Stalking Anarchy only on Instagram. Stocking Anarchy 12. 12. Sorry, Anarchy yes, 12. thank you again to Joanne, Ryan, JB. The ass will be back next week with a supersized best of ass special, including three half hour episodes that DNR subscribers have never heard before. We will explain why. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Follow me, me on Twitter and Insta at Adam Sank. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week. The shit is over. The shit is over. The shit is over. <laughs>